Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded. It's Patrick Bexel here, and I have an esteemed guest that hasn't been on the podcast for a while. It's Jared Book. So, Jared, are you really a guest? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Am I a guest? I mean, I usually, I mean, I, I host this show sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a guest. Uh, I guess I am a guest because I don't show up very often, uh, at least lately. So, uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take being a guest, but but uh, this is just two two people talking about hockey, right? It, it, well, we, we don't need to have a guest. You're supposed <laughs> to be the expert today, though, because I, I'm always uh, the expert. You know, just just I'm just go to the sure comment of the website. <laughs> no, but we are here to talk about the Rocket, a, a little yes. bit of a review, a little bit about the prospects that are playing in the Rocket, and and um, sort of grading them in in a system uh, mm-hmm. where we have some disappointments maybe uh we have some question marks and we have some exclamation marks uh for you guys to listen to and i think we're going to go in that order because it's always better to finish on a high so let's start <laughs> with with in, in general with a the rocket they made the playoffs it was some exciting guy games but they didn't really carry through is this due to coaching or is it just the fact that all the injuries with players going up and down uh throughout the season didn't make the team match. Yeah, I, I think, you know, to, to start the year, I mean, let, let's go back to the beginning of the year. It was essentially almost an entirely new roster, right? You had about, you had about five, you know, I think it was like eight guys, you know, eight to 10 guys who were part of that playoff run last year. And everyone else was pretty much new. And the issue with, I mean, that, that's not bad on its own, but the issue was to start the year, and we've seen this, with the Canadians and and their long playoff run uh, in in 2021, what what essentially happened is that all the the veterans who were part of that playoff run got hurt to start the season. Alex Belzil got hurt, uh, Brandon Gignac got hurt, Danik Martel got hurt. Uh, those are you know three of the biggest names uh, from from that run. And then on defense, you know they lost guys like Xavier Willette. They lost Louis Belpedio. And, you know, they, they brought in guys like Madison Bowie, Otto Leskinen, who didn't really take that 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 role as well as maybe people expected them to before the season. So the, the start of their season was was quite, quite bad. Uh, and, you know, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season if they would sneak into the playoffs, I would have been like, no, I don't think so. Uh, so just to get into the playoffs is a testament to the coaching. And to the fact that they did get better as the year went on, because yeah, they they started really badly. And I don't know if that was necessarily anyone's fault as opposed to just injuries and a big turnover. And it takes time for teams to gel uh, a little bit. And, and I think that was the, the story of the season is that, you know, they had injury, you know, talk about the Canadians having injuries and they had tons, 
which didn't help the Rocket because those guys get called up. But then the Rocket themselves had a lot of injuries, uh, and and they had to rely on ECHL players for for a long period of time in, in this season, and and guys who had to play up in the lineup in roles that they ne- didn't necessarily uh, weren't weren't necessarily ideal. So so I think that it's a it's a mix of things. But no, I, I don't think there was a coaching issue. I don't think there was an issue with the even the development of prospects. I think it was just you know when. Uh, one of the 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 sayings that I I've heard and I, I don't know who who said it, but when when the uh, when the NHL team uh, has a has a fever, the the AHL team has a cold, uh, and, and I think that that's or maybe it's sort of reverse. I don't know, but, but either way, that's that's the issue. Is that you know you talk well, about that's what we say about the economy when US has a <laughs> has a has a cold, the 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 Europe has a fever. You know, so yeah. so it's it's bad, worse for it, Europe it, than it, it is for US. Exactly, because you know the the drop off from a guy from, you know, say a guy from like Jesse Ullinen, Raphael Harvey Pernard, Alex Belzil, the drop off from them to guys like, you know, who would you know they had to rely on guys like, you know, Lucas Condota in, in big roles, and uh, you know, r- you know those guys are not necessarily built for for that kind of play, and and you know, it, it's tough. It's tough to Gabriel Bork and, and you know they're good AHL players, but when you move everybody up a line or two, uh, it, it becomes difficult. And and I think that was the story of the Rocket, and uh, it was it was it was a, it was a good season, disappointing finish in the playoffs, but a good season overall, uh, just from a purely developmental standpoint, because you know they they graduated a lot of players to the Canadians. A lot of players, and none of them looked out of place, <laughs> right? And and that's what an AHL team's job is, and, and and I think that that's that that's going in the right direction. I have to give credit because I actually did watch some of the games, uh, or, or one of the games at least, uh, from Laval, uh, and and uh, full credit to the crowd. Uh, it's a very different setting, but I think that is the like when you come to to when you watch that, it's closer to European setting than an NHL uh, arena is. Um, I wish there was more chance. I, I love the fact that everyone goes, oh, because whenever you enter the zone and, and gets ready to share. But, <laughs> but you know, some chance, except for Go Rocket Go or, or what comes out, uh, w- would be fun. But uh, I really, really enjoyed listening into the crowd uh, being that active and participating in that regard rather than maybe sit there and, and clap every now and then uh, and and it's a different kind of atmosphere than in in europe where you have the big fan bases instead going on and on and on and, and trying to drag the rest of the crowd with them so 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 full credit <laughs> to the crowd really really enjoyed it um looking though and and i'm gonna toss out a name here and i would say he's going downwards a little bit and been a little bit of a disappointment it's tough though because obviously when he makes a mistake Everyone for the opposing team cheers. There's spotlight on the puck in the net, and there is a siren going off, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But Caden Primo, and I'm I'm reading this for my former employees, uh, McKean's, because their prospect rankings came out the other day. Um, and Primo has proved to be quite an an enigma as a pro. Something that has frustrated both the Canadians fans and management. The former Mike Richter winner has flashes of being one of the top goaltending prospects on the planet. However, and this is what always I always seems to think as well is that his consistency has remained a major issue. 
uh, in his fourth year as a pro. Um, he may still be a quality NHL goaltender, but there are more promising prospects in the position that has unquestionably passed him by. And, and he goes from being a 126-ranked uh, prospect in, in, in NHL to an unranked prospect in McLean's. I don't agree with all the rankings, so I'm sure some people would not agree with this either. But, but I, I'd say that he's been in the organization for so long, and, and we still have to see that consistency. Really, He has flashes of brilliance, though. I, I'm going to be able to say that as well. Yeah, it, it's, this was a tough year for Keen Primo. Um, you know, he, this was the year he was expected to really take the reins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and be the number one goalie. And he ended up playing 41 games in the AHL. Uh, some of that was because he was in the NHL for a bit. A lot of that was because he was hurt for uh, upwards of almost two months, I think. Um, and and it was it was tough for him. But it, it's funny because he's, he's consistently inconsistent. And what, what I mean yeah. by that <laughs> is if you look at his AHL save percentage numbers over his career, it went 908, 909, 909, 909. <laughs> He's had the same save percentage for the last three seasons uh, over uh, upwards of 90 games. Uh, and 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 it's funny because you look at that and you're like, oh, he's he's consistent. But what, what's inconsistent is from game to game, you don't know, you don't know what Keaton Primo you're gonna get. And and look, the, the Montreal Canadians. If you look at the Montreal Canadiens, they're a perfect example of of what patience and goaltenders can do. Because uh, look at Samuel Montabo; <laughs> um, he was a player who was in in a similar situation to Primo, maybe not as highly touted coming out of junior, but he was in the AHL for a while, got some NHL looks, was not very good in them, went on waivers, gets claimed, and and now he's the starting goalie for Canada at the World Championships. Well, <laughs> um, you know, Nisha is the starting goalie for Denmark. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but no, I mean, you know, the, if, you, if you look at if you look at if you look at the the, the three goalies for Canada, though, there's Le, uh, Devin Levi uh, yeah, and, yeah. and Joel Hofer, who who are two pretty highly regarded prospects in their own right. Yeah. And and I mean, yeah, I mean, look, the, Canada went to the world the, the the World Championships one year, I think, with with Darcy Kemper and and. Um, Mekalini, Curtis Mekalini, as our two goalies. Like it's not an indication that he's a top goaltender, <laughs> but it just means that he's, you know, he's he's in a point of his career where he might be, you know, finally reaching his peak. And goaltenders tend to to reach that a little later. Look at you know Alex Lyon in in Florida. Um, there, there's plenty of examples of, of goaltenders who. I mean, let, let's just remember more. Montreal with Carey Price and Halak, and and every yeah. people were saying, <laughs> yeah, ca- ca- you know, Carey trade, Price trade. wasn't always. Trade yeah, price Carey because... Price wasn't always Carey Price. Yeah, so you know, and yeah, but but it's and... it's if we we, we got to say whatever we say at the, at at this time of the year after any year with Caden Primo, really, it's he has a lot to show next year, and uh, yeah, if if, if 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 there is going to be a next year because there is a decision to be made, I I think he will be in the A next year as well, um, but yeah, it's 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 it's. You can't wait forever either. Yeah, and he he needs waivers to go down to the AHL this year as well, mm-hmm. which is which is a may, maybe something that that you know leans the team into trading him, or, mm-hmm. or or you know because you don't want to lose him for nothing, right? Um, or he might be traded in preseason, right? Team needs a goaltender mm-hmm. uh, in the NHL, and instead of going through waivers, they they make a trade. You know, there, there's lots of things that can happen, but or Montreal trades, you know one of their other goaltenders and he gets an NHL job. So 
but but Primo played well in the playoffs. You know, and the, the Rocket lost both games, but he you know nine twelve save percentage in those two games. And the problem for the Rockets is that they didn't score any goals. <laughs> you know, that that's that was a major problem for them in the playoffs. He allowed five goals in two games. You don't necessarily expect to lose um both those games when your goaltender allows two and a half goals a game, right? Um but, but you Especially know, not the game, home game. Right, right. I mean that, that game was I think it was four nothing, yeah. um, if, if I remember correctly. So yeah, I mean, look, the, there was no goal support for him. So you know, was it was it a nine thirty six that he had in last year's playoff run? No, but also it was two games, right? Yeah. Um, and and I think that you know it's it's going to be very interesting to see see what happens. I I still think there's a NHL player there. Um, I think the you know all the stuff about being you know the next Carey Price. Look, no one's going to be the next Carey Price. Uh, it, it's going to be very very hard for somebody to be the next Carey Price. Uh, can he be the next? You know. Uh, the next, you know, one A to to a one B or a one B to a one A, yeah, I I think that there's there's enough there that there's an NHL player there, uh, but yeah, at a certain point you you can't wait anymore, and and, and you know that might be this off season, that might be the this preseason when they get to a point where they have to put him on waivers and another team takes a chance on him, or maybe they'll you know the, he'll get through waivers, and and teams won't. Um, and they will get an extra year of development. You know, he has a one-way contract this year. Teams might be scared of that uh, a little bit uh, for a guy who hasn't really proven himself at the NHL level. So th- there's a lot of uh, variables at play, but I-, I still think that Keaton Primo is is exactly the player we thought he was last year. Um, you know, you, you would have liked to see him take that next step. He, he wasn't great all year. He was inconsistent. But... At the same time, he he was hurt, and and you know there's other variables at play. But yeah, at a certain point, absolutely, you need to start to see more consistency out of him. Uh, the Jean-Claude defense Hulles, in front of him was inconsistent as well. There was well, a, yeah, yeah, two, that, two, that's a pairing yeah, that, that, that was that, the same same as the last game. Yeah, that's that's an issue as well. I mean, you know, both at the NHL level and the AHL level, uh, the defense isn't isn't great. Like, there's lots of depth there, but there's also lots of injuries. Uh, and and I think that there's a lot of inexperience, especially at the Asia level, uh, and, and I think that plays a factor as well. Um, look, looking at others going downwards, though, mm-hmm. and, and part of them are defensive prospects or, or, or defensive players. Uh, those have already gone away, really. I mean, we have two players signing in Europe already, and and I think there will be another one or two when when uh, we see which players are leaving uh, from Europe uh, as draft prospects as well. Um, so so let's just go on to the question marks. There are, and you could have slotted in Caden Prima as a question mark still, though. But, mm-hmm. but I feel that with the likes of, uh, especially Dobish, uh, you you got cover now with 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 goaltending, so he might not be that star prospect anymore. And and as you mentioned. Uh, Montembeau has taken that 1B spot really or, or maybe even 1A spot The God of Mischief is back and better than ever Loki 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 Loki, Loki. Wow Great to see you again Critics agree Loki season 2 is Marvelous Great And it's finally here How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much A mind-bending adventure 
spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Um, my question marks in that roster, um, who do you have there? Or which ones? <laughs> I, I think that the the one that everyone's going to be talking about is is Matthias Norlander, uh, and and I I don't want to I, I his stock is very interesting because you know you mentioned the young players that are coming up and you know there's a lot of young players who have already come up you know he's already been pretty much passed by Keaton Gooley and Jordan Harris and Arbor Jacki and. And all you know, Jonathan Kovacevic in a way um, and, wasn't and even maybe, part of the organization. Maybe even Adam Engstrom in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, well, I think Engstrom is is a better prospect than Norlander ever was. Yeah. Um. In in in, in you know in a lot of ways as well, right? So I, I don't. It, it's like comparing you know Uri Slavkovsky to to Martin Revai. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's it, it's it's not exactly the, this uh, a comparable. Um. Not to mention the fact that, um, you know. You know, obviously they come in mm-hmm. from the same country, and, and that's about, that's about it. Yeah. Um, but but in terms of, um, yeah, I mean that the the, top, the clock is definitely ticking on Norlander, right? Because t- time is 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 running out just because of the other bodies that are around, um, and and he's gonna have to to step up in a big way uh, this year. And, and the reason why I don't put him in the, I, I haven't given up hope on Norlander, is because. He's improved as years gone on, and he's improved in ways that don't really show up on the stat line. Uh, you know, he he's gotten penalty killing shifts in, in the AHL, and I don't think there was many people who thought that he would, um, you know, be in that kind of role for, especially for a coach like, like Jean-François Houle, who really relies on his veterans. And, and I think that, you know, Norlander has kind of played a little bit conservatively where he loses that kind of aspect that made him, you know, put him on highlight reels, that put him on the radar for, for a lot of Canadians fans. And, and I think that nothing exemplifies that more than, you know, I mentioned before about ECHL players needing to come up and play in the AHL. He was on the second pairing for uh, about 10 games with, with Eric Williams, who was a, a tryout from the ECHL. And they were paired up for for most of that time, most of the nine games that Williams played. And he just had to play. He had to be the responsible one on that line because Williams just, he he didn't seem like he was, uh, you know, he he was struggling a lot, uh, especially, you know, defensively. So Norland had to cover for him. And then as soon as Williams, you know, left and they started to get healthy again, Norlander started to put up points. You know, he scored both his goals after that. He's, you know, he started putting up most of his points. And so I, I think this year is a big year for Norlander. Obviously, I think it's the last year of his entry-level contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if he doesn't have success this year, um, you know, the team can can cut bait and he can go back to Sweden. And, um, you know, the, so there, there's a lot of to play at for him uh, this season. And, yeah, I think that, you know, like with Primo, the upside is obviously there. The you know the hope is there, but at a certain point you have to you have to produce on the ice, and I think that timeline for Norlander is this year. If he doesn't produce this year, um, his time with the Canadians is probably going to be up. Um, um, you're you're speaking about Hull a little bit, and 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 is he the right coach to get Norlander to 
facilitate that offense that, that we saw a lot of in 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 Sweden at maybe even the lower level because we didn't really see that much in Pramova. I I think that if for Norlander specifically, a lot of it is confidence, and, and I and I think that when he's confident, he you can tell, and when he's not confident, you can also tell. And I think that having a coach, you know, he didn't get benched at all, right? He was out with a couple of games of injuries, and he never was really benched. And I think that that's a way to to kind of delve into like, listen, you're going to be okay. Don't worry about making mistakes. Uh, and so I think cool is, you know, he maybe not be the best coach to for that kind of offensive defender, but he might have to learn because he's going to get a lot of guys from uh, from junior in the AHL who uh, who who are going to play that role. So um, I, I think for for Norlander, it's a lot more mental regardless of who's coaching him uh yeah. i think he i think he has the rope i i don't think who is like don't don't move the puck don't skate it up don't make these plays because he he did do that at times in the ahl this year um you know the start of the year i thought he was one of the best defenders on the rocket um he was he was really really good uh and then he just kind of started uh struggling a bit maybe because the pucks weren't going in um you know when, when you're used to being an offensive player and you don't see those points on the score on the stat sheet, you know, anybody will do would lose a little bit of confidence. So no, I, I don't think who is a problem in that regard. Um another question mark I have um is is Jan Mishak. Yeah. Um a, a player who was playing really his first full pro year. I, I don't really count the COVID year because he was still 18 <laughs> at the time. He was still he was still really young. He didn't uh, play pro in 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 uh, Czech, yeah. But so he did. Uh, did he? I don't know. Yeah. Did he? Because he, he came to junior pretty quickly. Uh, I'm sure there was some pro gate for years, but maybe not a full year. I could be. I could be technically correct, Pat. Uh, but um, his first North American pro year, um, and, and kind of didn't really take that step. He was, you know, fourth line most of the year. Um, scratched a lot. He he got hurt as well. Um, Again, clock is ticking, but but it, he still has a lot more time on that clock. Um, you know, he was playing center a lot, and, and I think that that's something that you mentioned that you know he might have just you might you might end up being a wing. Um, I mentioned it on the draft day, more or less. Yeah. Uh, not not to, to to shout out because I've been wrong a lot of times. Let's I'm, I'm probably <laughs> wrong more times than I um, I'm right. Uh, but uh, some very good friends in Czech Republic that uh, or Czechia, as we we're supposed to say. Um, uh, told me stuff uh, about Mishak that they had seen in, in his game. Uh, yeah, I think he doesn't have the creativity. And and then sometimes when he's on the wing, he lacks a little bit, like you mentioned with Norlander, the confidence because he's not used to play there. He used to be the center wheel. Uh, and then he he puts pucks on net where he probably should pass and the other way around. So So... I think it's a confidence issue there as well that that comes down to it. But but Mishak, a player that I really really like, a player that I think is 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 fantastic. And and let's be honest here, when you look at uh, all these three we mentioned already, in a way, uh, if they don't work out in the AHL, they they could have fantastic careers in Europe. Well, absolutely, uh, and and Mishak is still really. I I think this year with the Rocket, it will really help him. Because instead of playing with like fourth line players, 
that fourth line for the rocket is going to be like all young guys, right? Like they, they don't have really enough room for all the young guys that are coming in. The, the guys like, you know, Joshua Waugh, potentially Sean Farrell, potentially uh, if they're not in the NHL, Riley Leo Carlson, probably. I, I, even if they get him, I don't know if he'll go to the AHL. Um, and, and if he does, he probably won't be in the bottom six either. <laughs> um, but 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 I think for for Meshack, uh, and, and it's funny because he's he's close to Norlander, and then um, Dobish came, and he finally had another Czech player to to talk to. Yeah, and and um, I was going to say that with Norlander as well. Heinemann, Heinemann came in, yeah, and 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 yeah. they got a little bit more. Uh, like you you need to to work it out outside the ice as well. We I remember yeah. Vedemo going back to school or going back to university uh, for for having stuff to do outside uh, the yeah. hockey. Yeah, I think he brought his partner over at one point as yeah. well, right? Um, and that was a big thing uh, for him as well. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of off time, right? If you're just sitting in your apartment by yourself. Uh, that's not a good thing. Or if you're not used to the culture and, you know, things like that. Um, so having somebody, uh, and, and the Canadians are going to have a lot, the Rocket are going to have a lot of young players. And I think that makes a difference, right? When you have a y- lot of young players, um, they tend to hang out together. Just look at the Canadians, right? Um, a, a lot of those young players, um, you know, you see together off the ice, they, they always take pictures together and stuff like that. So yeah, it definitely helps. And having somebody from your country that you can like, you have that kind of, even though they they haven't really crossed paths, right? You know, Dobish was in the United mm-hmm. States for a long time. Uh, Meshack was in Canada for a long time. You, you still have that that shared background. You know, Heinemann and, and Norlander, they never played together in Sweden, but but they have that shared experience. Um, and, and and you uh, have the uh, same uh, culture in a way, yeah, like uh, exactly. And and I I would assume Heinemann and and Norlander both uh, both likes to fish. No, <laughs> so so I think they they always have that to to talk about as well, and maybe they should yeah. you know invest in a fishing boat or something or or, or cabin. <laughs> I, I, know, I don't to. know how much fishing there is in Laval. Uh, there's a lot of water, but I don't know how much fishing there is. <laughs> yeah, or a cabin or somewhere else, and just have a drive up and and, and be there for a night or two, and and yeah, just no, do a little exactly bit what they that. did back home in Sweden. Yeah, and so with Mishak, I I think that there's still time. Um, and I think that a season without injuries, like uh, the the common denominator for Primo, Norlander, Mishak injuries, right? And and getting a full season, um, will will be very very important for for all of them, uh, because that's how you get your confidence, right? It is being in a lineup and 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 having consistent playing time, consistent line mates, and and just going. And I think that, you know, people might have expected more from him, um, but at the same time. I think there's there's a there's a good player there. He might not be that that top six scorer uh, at the NHL level or even EHL level, um, but but I think Vedemo is a interesting comparable comparable to him because I I think that he might he has more skill offensively, um, maybe not as defensive minded, um, but he's getting there. And you see his role that he played with Czechia at the World Juniors, uh, where he was basically. Their their go to guy for for almost everything, um, yeah. But they lack a couple, a couple of, of uh, good good guys in that as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They, they, he he needs help. He can't do it himself. And I think putting him with a couple of scorers um, might might help him. And and getting a full off season and um, getting getting ready for next season, it, it'll be a, an important year for him as well. Because you know, like with Norlander, there's a lot of young forwards in this organization. Uh, and and they they could afford to to lose some players even if they were second round picks 
um if you get passed on the death chart you get passed on the death chart and um that's the good thing about where the canadians are is that they don't need all these players to hit they just need some of them to hit and and unfortunately that's that's bad news for some the players who who maybe take a little bit longer to develop because you're going to get um you're going to get passed pretty quickly Amishak was drafted out of, of uh, Europe, so he has two years more before they have to make a decision as well, which I think is is equally yeah. important to remember. And those four years that that you have to evaluate someone, uh, and and I think Mishak will benefit from that. Um, also, mm-hmm. had had a really good connection with uh, um, Jesse Ilonen, and uh, seems like the Europeans sticking together a little bit, and 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 that's always good. It's also a shame that all all. All the question marks are European. No, I'll pre- I'll, I'll, well, Primo was kind of a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that the, there's the, most of the prospects are, are European. <laughs> um, you know, you, you can uh, you can talk about some of the other guys, but I mean, they're they're not really question marks. They're either, um, you know, the, the the most of the guys, um, especially the from a Canadian's perspective. Um, not on Asia contracts that they are European, but you know, I, I put them in the question mark category because I want to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like them. That, that's why they're in the question mark. Do, 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 do you want to have uh, add another or, or do you want to go directly to, to, to no, the next we can, level? we can go to, to the, to the good news. We can, we we can go, go to, to the good, good news. news. Yeah. Yeah. So feel free to, uh, to do some of the, uh, high risers in, in, in this year, because let's, let's focus on, on it as a year and not, not, uh, whole progress from from development yeah i i think that you know over i mean you could talk about a lot of players who stepped up uh anthony richard uh, but he's not really development um he had a, a tremendous year I, i'm gonna go a little bit off the board with my first choice um and and pick pierre dubé uh you know he's on an ahl contract he was not expected to do much he ended up the season with 16 goals 16 assists in 44 games and scored a lot of really, really big goals for the Rocket, especially down the stretch. Uh, I would be surprised if he does not get an NHL contract, uh, to be completely honest. And the reason I say that is because he's only 22 years old. He played junior. His last year junior, he played with with uh, you know guys like Maverick Bork and Xavier Borgo, <laughs> you know, like really players who are still seen as real prospects. And he's he's still a prospect, you know. And, and I think that that's that's the first real win of this ECHL development. He gets an ECHL deal. He gets an AHL deal. And he's he become an really... NHL deal. <laughs> might, might get an NHL deal, exactly. Um, and, and I think that he's he's a player that's really stepped up. Um, but but from a from a Canadian's prospect's point of view, uh, William Trudeau uh, exceeded all expectations. Um he was coming off of a really good playoff run uh, with Charlottetown in the QMJHL. And, you know, there were questions about whether he would be going back to junior at the beginning of the year, whether he'd be going to Trois-Rivières in the ECHL. And he was with the Rocket all year, played 60 games, and really developed into a guy who was on their top pairing and top power play for, for a lot of the time. And, and a lot of that is bad news because... You know, he's not necessarily the guy you want to run your power play. Uh, and that's a reason why the Rocket struggled uh, a little bit on the power play. But he was good. He was fine. Um, was he the ideal person to play on that in that role? Maybe not. But nobody expected him to be in that role uh, in his first 
actual pro year uh, <laughs> uh, for for him. And and I think that you know he's really raised his profile. We talked about uh, the lots of defense on the Rocket, and and he really put his name on that list. You know, to the point where you know people are talking about him maybe being a call up at the end of the year as well. So to the NHL. So yeah, I think that he he had a really really good year. Uh, and you know, guys like Xavier Simino as well. Um, he he kind of slowed down a little bit from from the start he had. Um, six goals, sixty two games, but thirty two assists, and and really showed what he can do at the the HL level. He got his NHL contract, uh, similar to the path that that Rafael Harvey Pinard um, took as well. And, and I think that there's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see him this season. Um, you know, Joel Teasdale had 23 goals for the Rocket. There's a lot of good young players in Laval. Uh, but, and, 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 you know, people are going to be like, oh, there's not really top prospects. And there weren't. That's true. But when you see guys like like Ullinen and Rafael Harry-Pinard and Justin Barron and how they were able to make the jump to the NHL this year, that's what you want from your AHL team. Uh, the guys like Yuri Slavkovsky are, you know, the, the top prospects, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, they're not going to necessarily spend much time in the AHL, if any, in Suzuki's case, um, and possibly Slavkovsky's case as well. But the the thing that you want to see is, is can you develop NHL players? And the the answer for the Rocket this year is a resounding yes. Um the the Canadians would have been lo- like even more lost than they were <laughs> without guys like Harvey Pinard and, and Ullinen stepping up in, into into key roles. Alex Belzil, Anthony Richard played some played well. Justin Barron, you know, uh, another player who's at the World Championships right now. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see who gets that chance next year in the NHL, and whoever doesn't will be back with the Rocket and make them even stronger. So. It, it, I, I think it, it was a it was a good year overall for the Rocket. Um, you would have liked to maybe see a little bit more group success. Uh, you would have probably liked to see the veterans step up uh, a little bit more um, if they weren't hurt. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I think it was a successful year. And and you know now 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 the the things get really interesting when you guy you know you get, they're gonna have Jaden Struble for a full year. Emil Hyman, I didn't even mention him. He had a great year um, for the Rocket. I think there was a question mark uh, for how much he would score. Um, when you look at his numbers in Sweden, they, they weren't exactly well, the shooting most. shooting percentage of over 18 probably helps a little bit as well. Uh, of course. You know, he's not going <laughs> to score a goal a game. You know, he had, what, seven goals in 11 games or, or something ridiculous like that? Uh, yeah, seven goals in 11 games. He's not going to play someone to succeed. That's what you get as well. That's, that's right. Cool. And look, you know, there, there's a lot of guys. You know, a lot of his goals were just you know, right place, right time, being on. You know, sh- you know, he has a great shot, and when you have a great shot, you're going to shoot over the average yeah. in, in terms of percentage. Um, you know, will he be a you know 40, 50 goal scorer in the AHL? Probably not. <laughs> um, you know, I you know he, he's going to slow down eventually um, his pace, but but I think that what, what he showed that. He can play the game at the North American style quicker than I think many expected him to. When, when he came over, I don't think many expected him to be that kind of you know offensive threat right away, uh, and and he was. And, and I think that, that you know he, it's gonna be very interesting to see him for for a full season. Um, same thing with Jaden Struble. Um, you're gonna have you know Logan Mayu, uh, Riley Kidney, 
Philip Meshar is probably going to be back in, in Laval next year um, after a year in junior. Uh, I think that there's going to be, you know, Joshua Waugh, Sean Farrell, you know, you don't really know where they're going to end up in, in, in terms of whether they're going to be in the NHL or, or in the AHL, depending on what happens with a lot of the NHL roster um, as well. You know, it's going to be very interesting, but now you're going to start to see the prospects. We You talked about Dobish before. You know, the, the next year's Rocket is going to be majority NHL prospects and, and in some ways top NHL prospects, um, guys who are expected to produce at the next level, um, you know, high draft picks. And, and I think that that's going to be very interesting to see how how they make that work and, and how successful they are. And and I think that it's going to be very um, fun to watch the Rocket next year, regardless of who ends up there. Um, you know, even on defense, you know, we, we look at guys like um, Harris and, and Kovacevic and uh, Gouli and, and those guys, you know, there, there might not be room for all of them either, right? Barron as well. So, you know, there might be some guys who who maybe they might not deserve to be sent down, but might have to just because of, of roster space, especially on defense, depending, again, on, you know, whether David Savard is back, whether Joel Edmondson is back, whether, you know, a lot of guys are back, whether there's injuries. There, there's a lot of questions there, right? So, but but I think that all in all, it was a successful year for the Rocket. Um, and the best is yet to come from this group because they're going to start to get a lot of uh, good prospects. And don't lose sight. You mentioned the crowd before, Patrick. Um, the AHL All-Star game was in Laval this year. A lot of people noticed Laval for the first time. Um, I'm talking about AHL veterans, top AHL players. And don't lose sight of that because a lot of them went back to their teams and said, wow, Laval was great. And, and I think that that's a very good recruiting tool when when you have, you know, things like that happen. Um, you know, the, the, the East is pretty much known about how good Laval can get as a crowd, uh, how good the facilities are. Uh, but I think that the whole AHL saw it um, this this uh, this past year, and and don't lose sight of that. If you hear a couple of big names or a couple of you know veterans um, who get signed to deals by the Canadians, similar to Anthony Richard last year, uh, similar to to Mitchell Stevens, uh, you know, they'll be on the lookout for guys like that signing with the, the Canadians this year as well, uh, because there's 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 opportunity in, in our own rebuilding team, uh, and there's also no better place in AHL to play. Than Laval, it, it's a long way from from Hamilton. It's a long way from, you know, some of the the places that you can end up in the AHL, um, and, and Laval really put itself on the map this year. You mentioned the success of developing players via Lions, Rocket, and then to the Habs. Um, the one thing that that, in my opinion, always hinders uh, the Habs development uh, or or Habs progress overall in 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 terms of success is that um, you don't have the same sort of development path for coaches. When can we expect to see some coach from the Lions coming into to Laval and maybe down the line come into the NHL? Because we see it, it's already started with this offseason. It's a merry-go-round with the same names all over the place again. Yeah, I, I think it's tough. Because I, I think that what the Canadians should be doing is maybe more investing in coaching at, at lower levels, like the QMJHL, 
uh, and, and things like that because it, it's you know the Lions right now they don't have a coach. <laughs> he went he went from mm-hmm. the ECHL to the QMJHL. Um, you know Jean Francois Houle, I, I I don't see him as really a coaching prospect. I think he's very good in development. Um, I don't see him necessarily as a future NHL coach necessarily. Um, but, but, you know, who knows, um, you know, he can be an assistant in the NHL level for sure. Uh, so I think that there is work to be done there. Uh, but I think a lot of it is going to be more develop the pool of coaches. If you're only going to hire French Canadian coaches or coaches that speak French, and there's a good reason for that. I'm not saying they shouldn't. The talent is there. You have to find it and develop it before you just throw them into the NHL. And I think that that was something that was missing a lot. Um, if you look back, especially in the you know late '90s, early 2000s, you know coaches like Alain Vigneault, Claude Julien, uh, Michel Therrien all got their first NHL coaching jobs really quickly in Montreal. Um, weren't very successful for the most part, in Montreal, uh, all of them went to the Stanley Cup final <laughs> with other teams afterwards, right? So the coaching talent was there, um, but the development maybe wasn't. And I think that if you develop that into uh, a real three-step approach, and, and Julian coached in the AHL, you know, he's probably the the, be- the better example. Terry coached in the AHL as well. Um, a lot of those guys did coach uh, professionally before coming to the NHL. Um, but you look at what they did with like a say guy like Alex Burroughs and you know putting him in as an NHL assistant. I don't necessarily know if he's an NHL head coach, but you know, if you asked me, you know, 18 months ago, I probably would have said Martin St. Louis wasn't an NHL head coach, <laughs> um, either, right? So, um, no, I, I think it's definitely uh important, uh, and I think that they are putting a lot more um, you know, resources into the QMJHL and developing coaches. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, other teams are hiring French Canadians too, right? Like it's, you know, Benoit grew in Syracuse, um, Andre Tourigny in, in Arizona, you know, they're, they're getting, they're, they're being hired. Right. So I think that there's uh, a base of, of talent there. Uh, and, and, and I think that, you know, yeah, it's a good point. Um, I just don't think right now the AHL has those, those kind of guys that can take the next step, but, you know, who knows? Um, coaching is is a is a little bit of a um, roller coaster, and you go up and you go down. And um, you know, a few years ago, you know, <laughs> we were talking about how Joel Bouchard and Dominic Ducharme were up and coming coaches, uh, and now they're both unemployed. Uh, so as coaches, anyway. Um, so you know, it's it, it, things change quickly <laughs> in 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 coaching and hockey. But yeah, I think it's definitely a tool to be used, but. I still think the more attractive jobs for these coaches is is at the junior level rather than in the ECHL or the AHL. But but you can definitely start developing coaches uh early on and um and, and trying to find which ones are the best ones. You've been listening to Absent Minded with me, Patrick Bexel, but especially today, without interruptions, Jared Book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll we'll, 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 we'll We'll, we'll, we'll see the repercussions with the download numbers. Listens come <laughs> go way down when they hear my voice a lot. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And, and especially thank you guys for staying with us uh, through these uh, last couple of months when a lot of things have happened with the eyes on the prize. But we're going to keep giving you that content that the best fan base in the world deserves.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.